0: Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. Whoa, things have been busy around here, and I wanted to apologize for not releasing another podcast episode sooner. I have been busy creating a membership for dog professionals who want to build more confidence seeing clients who have children. So if you're curious about that, it's called the Pooch Parenting Coach Collective and I will link to it in the show notes for this page. But today's episode is on a topic that's pretty different than what I normally talk about. I kind of feel like I say that a lot, but I tried a new dog sport with Pippin today. So for those of you who have followed me for a while and listened to this podcast, you'll know that Pippin is a Border Terrier. He's about two years and eight months old, and he is the love of my life. And I have never considered myself to be a dog sports person, probably because the type of sports that I imagine To be in that category, you know, when people call themselves a dog sports person or people buy a dog that they call a dog sports prospect dog, those activities tend to involve a lot of athleticism and um, running and jumping and things of that nature. And I'm not really an athletic person. I'm not a slug. I enjoy hiking and I take Pippin on adventures with me quite often out in the woods and along the river and things like that. But I don't really see myself as a competitive athlete. And so it never really occurred to me to do dog sports with my dog. However, recently I have started giving a lot of thought to ways in which Pippin can express some of the... Um, instincts that are inherent to him as a terrier. Nose work is something I'm really interested in pursuing. I've taken classes on it before. Basically the gist of it is a dog learns to identify certain scents and they're rewarded when they find those types of scents. And it's often uh, begins with essential oils such as birch, for example. And this is often how they train dogs who do bomb detection or even cadaver detection or search and rescue is they have to learn how to follow a scent. Pippin is great at using his nose and we hide food around the house and outside all the time and he's great at that. So I was ready to take the next step forward and try some scent work classes. But I'm out of town right now, and so the class is on hold until I return. But I am currently in Central Oregon at our vacation rental house in Sun River, and there is a sport around here called barn hunt. And before you wonder what this has to do with parenting kids and dogs, I should probably just get that part out of the way right now. There are a lot of parallels in choosing which sport you want your family members to be a part of. So the other night I was watching HGTV. I am a little bit of an addict of that those kinds of shows. And there was a family featured in which there was a couple who had two young children. And the dad was saying that he needed a house with a really big yard because his children were athletes in training and they needed all this space to practice these sports that he had in mind for them. And it really rubbed me the wrong way, actually, because he was kind of pushing his own agenda onto his children. And I don't really know the whole picture. I don't know if his children were actually interested in sports, if they were interested in the kind of sports that the dad wanted them to be doing. So for example, did they want to play football or soccer because that's what the dad loved? Or were they more interested in things like ballet or dance or tennis because that's what they loved? And so when I was looking into activities to do with my dog, I thought a lot about how raising children and allowing them to follow their, their passions is very similar to kind of trying to Find a sport or an activity that you want to do with your dog because your dog might not be interested in doing what you want to do. And at the end of the day, we have to listen to our dog first. So, another example of this is a friend of mine who is getting a new puppy and she said it's going to be her service puppy, her service dog. And I love the idea that she has a goal in mind of what she wants this dog to do with her. But you know, the dog may not have a temperament that's appropriate to be a service dog. But what you do have to do is you have to raise the dog as if it is going to be a service dog so that you can practice public access and practice being out in the world where potentially scary triggers happen to see how the dog handles those types of things and we can make those as positive as possible and at the end of the day this puppy may have a great temperament and turn out to be a fantastic service dog and I really hope that's the case because that is my friend's goal but she also is dog savvy enough to understand that the dog may not be an actual service dog at the end of the day Because we have to listen to our dogs and make sure that we're offering them opportunities that light their fire and that work for them. So this all sort of came to a head today when I tried a new sport with Pippin. Like I said, in Central Oregon, um, there are barn hunt clubs. And I don't really have access to those where I live in the Bay Area They have them, but it would require way more driving than it would up here. You know, maybe two hours or so each way, which I wasn't that thrilled about. But I wanted to see what the sport really was. So before I tell you about Pippin's experience today, because it was pretty crazy, I want to tell you what the sport is. And I don't really get it, so full disclosure here, I am no expert. Today was my very first day, so I really don't know that much. But generally, the way that it works is this is a sport that mimics a dog's natural instinct to find vermin. Now, Pippin is a Border Terrier, and he literally was bred for this job. So hundreds and hundreds of years of breeding, selective breeding, and genetics goes into creating a dog that can do a job and in the case of a border terrier they assisted fox terriers on fox hunts and their job was to go into the hole and help flush out the fox so it could be hunted not something I really support I don't think fox hunting is necessary Um, but it is what was a sport that was common over hundreds of years um, in the UK um, when this breed was developed So, needless to say, we will not be doing any fox hunting, and I again do not endorse fox hunting. However, let's get back to the point. So, the way that this works, even though the word hunting is in the name, no vermin, or in this case, rats, are harmed during this sport. I have a lot of conflict about it, to be honest. I love rats, I had pet rats. Um, when I was in college and when I taught high school biology, I had pet rats in my classroom and they love them. They're smart. They're almost like pocket puppies, really. They're brilliant and they love enrichment and training and they have personalities. And so I had a lot of concern about the idea of letting my terrier try to find them and, quote, hunt for them. Now, obviously, There is no intention at all ever of hurting a rat. And in fact, the people who do this sport and who run these kinds of classes love their rats and spoil the heck out of them. The woman that I met with today, her name was Patricia, and she has what she calls a rattery. And in her rattery, she has about 30 rats and she loves them and spoils them and treats them like she treats her dogs. She loves them very much. So the way that the sport works is you go into a barn type of enclosure, it's fenced or gated so that you can have your dog off leash, and they have stacks or bales of straw that um, make big piles and that form tunnels and things of that nature. And then the rats are enclosed inside these very protected tubes that have big air holes drilled into them. But they're also padded and they're set up in such a way that the dog cannot make any contact with the rat itself. They have bedding in there and, um, you know, often treats to make it a desirable place to be. And what was interesting to me About this experience, is that Pippin had never done it before. He had never met or seen a rat before. He mostly chases lizards in my backyard. And again, while I'm in Central Oregon, he gets really excited when he sees ground squirrels and he'll sometimes dive into the hole and try to get them out. I have some cute photos of that. I'll post one on the show notes page so you can see him doing this out on a hike yesterday. But I was a little bit concerned about how he would act around the rats. I didn't want the rats to get hurt. Um, But I have to say, I was totally surprised at how relaxed these rats were. And I consider myself a student of body language, and I've studied a variety of different species in the wild. I've studied rhesus macaques on an island. I studied their mating behavior, and I've studied elephant seals, among other things. And so I love animal behavior and... I have had rats before and I know what a relaxed rat looks like. And these relaxed rats were grooming and um, digging in their bedding and just kind of hanging out. So the way that this typically works is the tubes are hidden in the straw. Sometimes they're hidden in nooks and crannies and oftentimes loose straw is piled on top of them. So it's not like the dog just sees the tube and knows there's a rat in it. They also put out decoy tubes, and those tubes are either empty and clean, so they've never had a rat in it before. So, for example, if the dog sees a decoy tube and just assumes that every tube contains a rat, they would be mistaken. Other tubes contain the bedding from the rat, but no rat itself. So from the rattery, Patricia would gather some of the bedding that maybe smells like urine or just has residual rat odor on it. And they put that in another tube. So that is a decoy. It does not contain the rat. And then they hide one or multiple rats on the course. And there are a variety of different challenges at different levels of the sport. So in the beginning stages, it's a lot easier. They only have to find one rat. Sometimes they just have to go through a straight little tunnel inside the hay bales or straw bales. Um, But later on it gets more complicated where the tunnels have bends in them and the the bales are piled higher. And the dogs do have to climb up on the bales of straw along with going into all the nooks and crannies. And this is a timed sport. And so that's where it gets competitive is that the dogs need to find the rats under a certain time limit. So like I said before, um, I had never done this before. I didn't know if Pippin would like it. I suspected because he was a terrier that he might. And so we gave it a try. And the way that it worked from an introductory perspective is that she had a rat in a small carrying box that had two or three layers of mesh in the front. So even if Pippin got really excited and put his mouth on the cage or hit it with his foot, that the rat was entirely protected inside this. And this is a little carrying cage that's different than the tubes. And what she wanted to do was to give Pippin an experience where she could see the rat, where he could see the rat, and where he could smell the rat and try to get an idea of what he would be looking for in the future. And she also had a couple of rats in tubes on the floor that he could look at. She had some empty ones as well. And it was really up to him to explore. And he was kind of nervous at first. He did not know what was going on. He was a little bit worried. And I could tell that by his body posture. He was leaning away from the rat. He licked his lips a couple of times and he yawned and shook off a couple of times. But then... It was like a switch was flipped and it was this crazy transformation where suddenly he got excited and he started barking and I was a little worried, I have to say, about the barking in the face of the rat. I was worried that the rat would be stressed out and the rat continued to appear very calm and relaxed. She also was very careful to limit how much time Pippin could be around any particular rat so that they were not put over threshold, which I really appreciated. So once Pippin was kind of intrigued by the rat, she picked up the, the carrying cage that the rat was in and, um, and she started moving it around. So she basically put it on a, um, like a, I don't know, a horse lead rope, kind of. So she put a rope through it and kind of moved it around gently. Nothing inappropriate, nothing too fast or dangerous. She moved it around so Pippin could follow the motion of it. And he got real excited about that. And then she put it on a bale of straw, which he promptly jumped up to find it. So she felt that that was a good turning point in which we were ready to start seeing if he could get excited about the rats in the tubes So I took a little break, took him outside, got him some water, let him pee again, and then, but he did not want to leave, and he wanted to go right back in the barn, which I thought was really interesting. And then she let us try to spend some time with the tubes, and he got as excited about the tubes as he gets about balls, and he can get really obsessed about balls. I've never seen him be so crazy about anything as a ball. But he starts squeaking and whining and barking and it's almost frantic. So I was also a little bit torn about that because I know that stress can be good stress and it can be bad stress. He was really worked up. So then what she had us do is she had me distract Pippin for a little bit and she hid some of the rats and hid the decoy tubes. And at this point, he was on fire fire. He was so excited. He was nibbling at the tubes. He was pawing at the straw and he was raring to go. And it was such a remarkable thing to see him doing something that he was bred to do and something that he was so excited to do. So in the show notes, I will post a couple of photographs and a video clip of him when he was really going at it. And then we really ended on a good note. I wanted to make sure that the rats weren't put over threshold and that Pippin wasn't put over threshold. Um, But all of this goes back to how when we raise our children and our dogs that we have to oftentimes let them lead the way and let them tell us what they're excited by And his behavior today was so remarkable. We got to the point where when it was time to leave the barn and go back to the car, he wanted to go back to the barn and his nose was on the ground and he was sniffing everything looking to see if he could find more rats. And I thought that was a remarkable thing. I'm also really interested in learning more about another version of the sport where they hide the rats in other environments that are not just in straw so that it sort of emulates, um, you know, the job that a vermin hunting dog would do, um, in real life. Like maybe, you know, driving out the vermin that are in the walls of your house or in your basement or things like that. Um, it was so exciting, but I think back to some of the sports that my own children played and watching how they really were uninterested, you know, they, they, they often said they wanted to try something, maybe because their peers were trying it. I remember my daughter wanting to try soccer, and we signed her up, and she started to play, but we noticed that she got really upset quite often, and she said to us early on, she said, you know, they they took the ball from me, and I thought we're supposed to share, and it seemed really rude that they would take the ball from me, and she didn't have that Competitive will about her in her personality. She can be kind of competitive now that she's older. She's almost 22 now. But at the time, it really didn't suit her sensibilities. It made no sense to her that. you know, just the idea that people would be stealing from her as a form of sport. And so we didn't pursue soccer. Now, I know there's something to be said for pushing through and maybe giving something a big shot to see if maybe she really likes it. So maybe finishing out the season, for example. And I'm not saying that um, you should quit anytime a child tells you, no, they're not interested in something. But I think you can tell when something really lights their fire. What ended up getting my daughter really excited was horses, and we let her drive that ship for quite a while, and it was very expensive, and I had a lot of concerns about that industry as well from an animal welfare perspective. I love horses. I had a horse of my own. There's a lot of different strategies and training techniques that people use with horses, many of which are really uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Um, I'm not inviting hate here, so don't come after me. I do love the animals so much, and I love horses, and I love how they smell, but I also think that they're not given a lot of opportunities to make choices. And people are often using equipment that removes choice from a horse or that forces them to do something um, that they may not want to do, such as putting their body in a certain position by tying them down or attaching special tie downs to the saddle to bend their neck in a certain way. And those things make me pretty uncomfortable. Um, But my daughter was in love with the sport and I talked to her frequently about the concerns that I had, but this was the thing that lit her on fire. And so we talked a lot about it and we did it until she left for college. And I will confess sort of secretly, I think she knows that I feel this way, that I was so glad when it was done. Um, because the the level of competition that she was trying to do was so expensive and didn't really reflect the real world, in addition to some of the concerns I had about the ethical treatment of the animals and the industry in general. But in any case, um, letting our kids lead, I think, is important, and letting our dogs experience different options to see what they like And as long as it is something that you are comfortable doing and something that you can enjoy together, I think it's something that is worthy. Now, again, this podcast episode is not an invitation for you to yell at me and come after me and tell me that I did the most unethical thing in the universe um, to rats. I love rats. I need to say I love them. And I told the woman the whole time, I said, some of this makes me nervous. Let's talk about it. And she talked about it with me to the point where I felt that these rats have a really good quality of life. They're given rewards constantly. They have treats in their tubes. They go into their tubes willingly, and they seem to not mind the work. So I'm still in conflict about it, and I don't know how I will resolve that. I wanted to be honest with you about that. But at the end of the day, seeing my dog's excitement got me excited And it made me think about the parallels that parents have to make between their kids and dogs when choosing a sport that they want their family or their individual dog or child to be involved in is sort of letting the child speak for what they want and letting the dog speak for what they want. So I hope you found this helpful. I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I'll put some links in the show notes so that you can do some more research on this sport called barn hunt if you're curious about it, along with some videos of Pippin going after um, digging inside a ground squirrel hole out on a hike yesterday, as well as him doing the barn hunt um, today in class. I hope you find it interesting. Again, in the show notes, there's going to be a link. If you are a dog professional and you're curious about the Pooch Parenting Coach Collective, I would love for you to get on the waiting list so you can join us the next time I open it to new participants. I really appreciate your time. It was really fun to have this new experience and share it with you today. Take care. See you next time. If you enjoy the Pooch Parenting Podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Also, don't miss www.safekidsanddogs.com if you are a parent with dogs and could use a little extra support. I would be happy to be on your team. Take care.